Welcome to the second part of this episode with Darren Rouse. Now, if you haven't heard part one, I definitely recommend you go and have a listen to that. That's where we talked a lot about Facebook, live, podcasting, Periscope, and a whole lot of other rich forms of media. In this section, we talk more about content completion and blogging in particular. I hope you enjoy part two as much as you enjoyed part one. The URL for this second part of the episode is ProductiveInsights.com forward slash Darren hyphen Rouse. That's spelled R-O-W-S-E hyphen Now, if you'd like to increase your authority in your niche and dramatically increase your inbound leads, then definitely consider setting up a podcast using my service where you will have three podcasts published for you, templates, frameworks, everything to get your podcast up and running and end up with a podcast just like this one in a few short weeks. I am working with a limited number of clients, so be sure to shoot me an email as soon as possible on ash at ProductiveInsights.com or head over to ProductiveInsights.com forward slash podcast hyphen setup and book a free consulting session with me there. Hey, this is Shayna Jocelyn-Sams from CliffLifestyle.com. And you are listening to our friend Ash Roy at ProductiveInsights.com. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to ProductiveInsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Let's talk a bit about completing content. That is something that is one of the banes of us content creators' existence. What are your best tips on finishing content that so many of us have started but left somewhere in the deep, dark corners of our hard drive and don't even know how to get back and access? Yeah, so the first thing I'll say about content creation, I guess, is that for me, I've learned to separate the three tasks out from coming up with the ideas to creating the content and completing the content. I actually think, and I've never studied this, but my suspicion is that we use different parts of the brain for each of those activities. And I get into trouble when I sit down to write and go, what am I going to write about today? And then I spend two hours working out what I'm going to write about. And then I write it and then I try and edit it all in the one sitting. And I actually find that my content is best when I separate those activities out. So I spend time coming up with ideas, set myself a schedule, and then I spend the bulk of my time creating the content. And then later I come back to completing it and editing it and polishing it. Uh So that's the first thing I'd say about it. Probably the best thing I've ever done is to get some help um, and Uh hire an editor, a proofreader. So if you can afford that, do that. If you can't afford it, try and borrow someone's time or swap (laughs) time with someone or, you know, start a Facebook group with another blogger and I'll edit yours if you edit mine. I think it's, it's really useful to get an extra pair of eyes on your content. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't find someone else, at least read it out loud. I think for me, that's where I pick up a lot of my errors when I am actually can hear my content. And then I guess for me, it's about trying to put time aside to polish my content. So, I think increasingly, this is one of the big changes in content marketing now is that it's become incredibly more visual. So you want to pay attention to, you know, every piece of content that we publish has a picture and we try and do and make it a intriguing, beautiful, eye-catching picture. We use, try and use diagrams and charts as much as possible. You want to polish your title, get that title, that headline right, because that's going to determine whether people read it or not. Your Mm -hmm. opening line, your call to action at the end. You know, as you mentioned before, subheadings are so important because people are scanning through your content. So you want to 
intrigue people. You want to give people the main points, give them a reason to read between the subheadings and then pay attention to formatting using bold and using white space, so short paragraphs. So polishing, making it look good is one thing I do. And then the other thing I'm always trying to do is add depth. So every time I'm about to hit publish on a post, I ask myself the question and I'm trying to train my editors to ask the question, is there something we could add to this post that would make it a meatier post in some way? Mm -hmm. So could we add an example? Could we add a story or a metaphor? Could we add our opinion? Opinion is just so important. It's the thing that's going to make your your content stand out from everyone else. Everyone's reporting the same news, but add your opinion to it. Could I go and get a quote from someone? Could I suggest a piece of homework or an exercise to go away and do? Or could I embed something? And I think this is probably the the real opportunity that we have at the moment. Another massive change in content marketing is that there's so much content that we can use of other people's that we can embed onto our content as well. And so, you know, YouTube clips, slide shares, slide presentations, you can embed tweets, Facebook updates, anchor, you know, audio files from anchor or your own podcast. You could embed cartoons, Instagram pictures, infographics, all kinds of stuff, you know, Google Maps. You could there's all kinds of things that you can add. And these things give visual appeal, but they also make people stay on your page longer, which is good for your search engine optimization. This is one of the signals that has come into play in the last year. The longer people are staying on your site, that's a signal to Google that they're engaging with your content mm. and they'll rank you higher as a result of that. So Anything you can do that gives a visual appeal, keeps people on your page longer and appeals to a different learning style as well. So, mm. you know, putting a podcast next to a blog post or, a, okay. you know, embedding a Periscope replay or a, a replay of your Facebook Live, these are going to add value to your content for your readers as well. The only danger there is adding too much. So you end up with a very cluttered looking post. So. Mm. Perhaps don't embed all of those things into the one blog post, but you know, a couple of things could just really lift that post and take it to the next level and make it stand out. Mm. Something that Sonia Simone and Brian Clark talk about in Copyblogger, I'm, I'm an authority member and I really like that site, but they talk about the value of images in blog posts because images really convey a message on an emotional level, unlike text. I mean, text still does inspire emotion, but images do it in a different way, perhaps on some other level in our minds. And so I, I agree with you completely that you need to have a striking image that really conveys something special about your written content. And the combination of the two can be very powerful. And going forward, I guess we're going to see audio, you know, woven into it as well and video as technology improves. So I agree. You need to have to hit the audience from on different levels, but not overwhelm them at the same time. You don't want to end up with a cluttered post. I like to, when I create blog posts, I like to think of it almost like I'm thinking like a designer in terms of my text. I like the text to be nice and a, a lot of spaciousness in the text. Maybe a, you know, a really good, strong headline. I learned that from John Morrow and from Sonia Simone. But then a short little intro that really draws the reader in that really intrigues them or ask them a question or just, you know, say, like Brian Clark says, imagine this. It could literally be the two words, imagine this as your opening mm -hmm. line, 
that engages them. The idea is to just keep them reading down the page. Just It's like almost like, John Morris said it really well, it's like you're a performer. Think like a street performer. Don't think just like a writer. How do you really enrapture the audience? Yeah, and I think the other thing that you can do at this in that opening line or opening paragraph is to really think about the need you're solving as well. If yes. you can promise, make a promise or signal this is the thing that you're going to, you know, your life will be changed yes. if you read this. And those, you know, I wrote a post on ProBlogger, I think it was a couple of days ago, those problems that your readers come with are sometimes they're external problems mm-hmm. like I need more traffic for my blog and sometimes they're internal problems and sometimes they've got both. So a lot of our readers come, you know, I, I want more traffic, that's an external problem, mm-hmm. but they're feeling an insecurity, I'm worried, you know, I feel like I'm failing. Mm. Uh, my blog, I'm putting all this time in. Am I wasting my time? Mm. Am I good enough? Um, mm. And so hit, create content that solves the, you know, draws people in with the external problem. They often don't even know they've got that internal problem. But mm. if you can hit that internal problem along the way, mm. you're going to create content that moves people and that connects with people and shows your readers that you know them, which is very powerful. And then, yeah, by all means, solve the external problem too, but address the internal ones. So um, I think that's a, a really good place to do it is in, in that opening, show mm. people that you're not just going to solve the external problem. I love that. I love that. It's about understanding your reader so well that you can tell them the unspoken problem that they might not have articulated themselves and you demonstrate to them that you have such a deep insight into their situation that you have been able to articulate something they didn't articulate and then they go wow i got to listen to this person Uh, something that Demian Farnworth, who I think is the master of writing good opening lines, he's from Copy Blogger too, but something mm-hmm. he said was, if you create a promise in a blog post or even a headline, opening line, doesn't matter, you need to deliver on the promise, otherwise it can backfire. And that is something I would also tell our listeners. If you're making a promise to your audience through your content, whether it's in the headline or wherever it is, make sure you deliver on it or don't make the promise. That's right. And this is the issue I have with clickbait. <laughs> You know, I, that term seems to be going away, which is good in some ways. But, you mm. know, the, the problem with those type of clickbaity type titles were that they didn't deliver. Mm. Um, I actually think clickbait, you you want people to click your, your titles, but you need to really follow up. And, and that's where people get into trouble. If you have a clickbaity title and then deliver on that promise, go for it. I go think that's, it. that's not an issue. Okay, so let's talk about the challenges section. Some of the biggest challenges you've seen people face when it comes to content creation, blogging. (laughs) What are the biggest challenges and how have you seen them solve them? What's worked best in solving those challenges? Yeah, this we could talk about for hours. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's about how to work out which one to, to... But I think, look, one of them is... I come across a lot of bloggers who have no idea who they're writing for. Yes. And so what we were talking about before in creating that before and after avatar, I think, is the solution for that. So it's probably the first thing I think if you're just starting out, you should really think that one through. Another massive challenge is coming up with ideas to write about. I think I come across a lot of bloggers Mm. who start out with more ideas than they can write. And then three months later, they've got nothing. <laughs> they feel like they've written everything there is already and they, they've they just got no ideas. And so, you know, 
I guess the solution for that is you need to dedicate time to coming up with ideas, separate that out from the creation of your content, do that exercise before of the before and after, mm-hmm. and fill in the gaps. So, you know, create a blueprint of the journey of your reader and what they need to learn, what they need to understand to get to the destination that you want to take them to. I think one of the best techniques I ever used for coming up with ideas was to use surveys. We actually have a survey as a part of an autoresponder sequence. So you sign up for our newsletter, you get invited to do a survey three months later. And one of the questions on that survey is, do you have a a question or a problem you want us to write a piece of content on? Not everyone answers the question, but we've had tens of thousands of people give us questions and problems. And that's just been a goldmine for us in terms of coming up with ideas to write about. And then just keep an eye on what other people are doing. You don't want to just copy what they're doing, but often in the comments section of their blog post or in the, in the forums that are set up for your topic or on YouTube video clips, the comments that are left there, there'll be questions. And those places are really great to hang out and collect those questions. Probably the other big challenge that I see bloggers facing is how do I stand out? because there's so much content being produced at the moment. I think I read the other day there's something like 74 million blogs on WordPress.com alone, let alone all the other platforms. So, And there's, you know, a blog post being written every second, um, probably more than one. So how do you stand out from that? And I think this is... There's no one way to do it, but I think really it's about trying to work out how you can develop a voice that's different to other people. And this is one of the things I shared at Superfast Business is coming up with your particular voice. So Mm -hmm. do some analysis on the other blogs or the other podcasts in your niche and how do they sound? Are they coming across as a professor? Uh, these are I'm stealing these from Jeff Goins, who's mm-hmm. got um, come up with these five different voices. The professor is someone who you know researches and comes up with hypotheses, and they're very um, authoritative with their teaching. Or are they the artist? The artist is someone who's looking for beauty in a topic. Are they the prophet? Someone who's busting myths and telling the cold hard truth about the topic. Are they the journalist? Someone who's curating ideas and stories from around the web or are they celebrity the the charismatic person who everyone wants to know their opinion jeff kind of argues that you can take any of those approaches with pretty much any niche and i agree with him i think you could pretty much approach the same topic as everyone else but you could find a new way to do it Um, Mm -hmm. so you can go beyond those you could be the companion the, the mentor the entertainer the curator, the reviewer, the storyteller, the guide, the teacher, the thought leader, the list could go on. And so it's about trying to work out who am I with this topic? What unique perspective am I bringing? And, you know, similarly, you could, you could be the one who's funnier than everyone else or more transparent than everyone else or more contrarian than anyone else. Or, you know, you've got to find that angle. And I think this is really important. The only way you can really work that out is by trying all of those different things, Mm -hmm. uh, trying different voices, trying different styles of writing. And gradually you'll begin to see one, what resonates with you and what you enjoy writing, but two, you'll see what connects with your readers and what they can't find anywhere else. When I started my photography blog, I started writing for the beginner. 
And so that was a level that wasn't being catered for by anyone else. But I started to write in a more of a companion type voice than most of the other blogs were teaching from a professor type voice. And so I was, that's what made me different. I was writing for beginners. No one else was doing it, but Mm -hmm. I was the guy who was just ahead of you on the journey. And so if you can find that unique voice, I think that's really uh, important as well. Yeah, I don't know if they're the, the biggest challenges that people face, but there's certainly two or three of them. Well, that was fantastic. That was a very comprehensive answer. Thank you. So I'm going to see how well I did in terms of listening, and I'm going to try and come up with my favorite part, the action section. So I'm going to come up with some key actions that came out of this whole conversation and feel free to fill in the blanks or you know share any thoughts that you think I might have missed out on. So just a quick recap, though. We started off talking about a whole lot of different forms of content, you know, Periscope and video and audio and the evolution of content, the direction in which it's headed. We both agree that written content is not going anywhere in the long term and it serves a different function in that it's more scannable. And we talked about how audio content is being consumed more in different forms or it, while people are performing different activities like at the gym or while driving. And a lot of professionals tend to be doing it because they previously used to be driving their cars and that was dead time, which they can now use. We both agree that podcasting is enjoyable and it's something we both seem to like, so we're both doing it. And we talked about how podcasting really helps to develop that trust relationship above all else. At the moment, it doesn't really lend itself to the email acquisition, the email address conversion or email address capture part, but maybe that'll get solved in the future. Now, in terms of content creation, some of the best takeaways I got out of this conversation was separate your activities when creating content. So when you're coming up with content ideas, come up with content ideas. Don't try and write the content, just come up with ideas and put them in a repository somewhere where you can access them. So that when you sit down to write the content in the morning, which is probably the most productive time for most of us, then that time you're just creating the content. You're not thinking about what you're going to write about. You're not faffing around going, oh, should I write about this? Should I write about that? You already have your ideas because you did that before. And when you're doing the writing, don't edit. When you're writing, you're writing. When you're creating, you're creating. When editing is a different activity. If you try and edit while you're writing, you're going to mess both up. Then outsource the editing to somebody else. Get another set of eyeballs to look at it however you get that done. Read the content aloud to yourself. I find that to be very effective, by the way. Polish your content. Think about videos or images or what you can do to enhance the content if it's a written piece. Ask yourself questions like, can I improve the headline? Can I add an example to this? How can I bring this to life for my reader? Think about the before avatar and the after avatar, the journey that your content is going to take your audience on and the transformation that it's going to deliver. What value is it going to add to that audience's, that person's life? Try and make sure that your content provides some insight that your audience didn't have to start with. So maybe state an unsaid problem, state a problem that they may not have articulated themselves. I know, for example, as a person who previously was in the corporate world, one of the things that a lot of corporate people find is their soul is dying slowly and they might not articulate that in those words, but maybe you could start your blog post with, do you feel like your soul is dying? Question mark. You know, And that might just connect with your reader. And that's about all I've got so far. How did I do? Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> I, actually, another quick win that you might 
an exercise you can do. I, I got this from Ed Dale at the conference. Oh, yes. Probably the best thing, the thing that I've told most people about is to do that exercise he got us to do of listing the pain of our readers and mm-hmm. listing the gains that they wanted. I don't know if you remember that one, but he said, Two minutes, you've got to brainstorm as many pains or problems of yes, your readers. I remember that. And then for two minutes, brainstorm the gains that they want, the things that they want to achieve. For me, that was the best exercise that uh, of the whole conference. I've told so many people to do that. Uh, and once you've got that list, you've then got content ideas, you've got opt-in ideas, you've got product ideas. Awesome. And I think he said we need to be in the business of pain relief and gain creation. So that's just a really quick exercise you can do that hopefully will give all kinds of ideas that you can do. And the other quick exercise that I think you can do, if you've been blogging for a while, podcasting for a while, open up Google Analytics Mm -hmm. and find your best performing piece of content for the last month or further back, uh, maybe this time last year, and then write an update for it optimize it, repurpose it for a different medium and build an opt-in for it. I think that's the key one. I think a lot of bloggers and podcasters have opt-ins, but they're site-wide. It's just this one opt-in for my whole blog. And that opt-ins probably doesn't relate to a lot of the pieces of content on your site. And so I think the big trend at the moment is bloggers creating opt-ins, little opt-ins, a cheat sheet, a little download of the blog post itself, whatever it might be, that relates to that piece of content. So most bloggers have a post that just continues to do well from Google. Start mm. with that one. You know, It's being hit every day by someone coming into it from Google. Create an opt-in for that piece of content and you'll find that your, your email subscribers will increase. So that, that would be a quick win that I think Great advice. have. Yeah. That's excellent, Aaron. And the opt-in could just be a PDF of the blog post. Could be Ian Cleary from Razor Social does that. I think they probably will work a little bit better if you can find something a little bit different than a blog post, so a cheat sheet or a summary or three things you can do mm-hmm. or a you know a list of tools that relate to the topic. But yeah, even if it's just a PDF version of the post, it can work too. That is excellent advice. Thank you so much. Hey, listen, I've just had the most wonderful time talking to you, and I'd love to have you back sometime and we can talk about how you about everything I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) We we can talk about how your podcast is going next and how things have evolved. But uh, is there anything else you'd like to share before we say goodbye? And how do people find out more about you if they want to know more about you? Yeah, well, people can go to problogger.com. That's the best place, and that'll be the home of ProBlogger going forward. We will eventually get everything over onto that domain, but it does at the moment. The front page is a bit ugly, but it links to all the parts of ProBlogger. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, probably the thing that we've just released that might be helpful to your listeners is I've brainstormed 180 blog post ideas nice. that people can come up with, and I think they apply to podcasts or Periscopes or whatever as well. It's just 180 different ideas that you can write about, and if you go to problogger.com, net mm-hmm. forward slash ideas cool um, we'll send you one set of 30 ideas every month um, nice. six months so that's our latest opt-in but it's hopefully a useful one for your readers oh, for sure too. well i'll link to both problogger.com and then that ideas thing in my in the show notes which i will share with you as well so absolutely and if everyone anyone wants to grab any of these opt-ins that Darren's talking about, just head over to ProductiveInsights.com forward slash Darren hyphen Rouse. And I'll, I'll post that in the show notes too. So thanks so much for being on the show. And it was really a pleasure to have you. It was an honor and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Ash. 
Thanks, Darren. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comments section that Ash puts 